Hey, this is part two of a wonderfully rich conversation with my friend Jupiter Frerer. He really nailed it, I think. I just learned so much from talking to him. And really, what this is, is a long conversation about a potential subtitle for Things About Things. So for three, four years, the subtitle was, so it was Things About Things, Simplifying Concepts Without Sacrificing Depth. And now mess around with different subtitles. I'd love to hear your opinion. You can email me at jason at thingsaboutthings.com. So this is part two with Jupiter about the potential subtitle of a Renaissance polymath meta conversationalist podcast for people who want to learn a few things about a lot of things. Oh, and same thing as, as the first part. We just didn't have the audio or video dialed in. So we just kind of randomly set up cameras and press record. Microphone wasn't even hooked up right. So if you are listening only, uh, just realize that this is uh, a video podcast now. I'm still going to continue to post the audio only podcast, but I think that there's just kind of something more, I don't know, more intimate or more, there's more nuance when you look at someone's face. You know, there's, you can learn a lot more about how someone might be feeling when they share, when you see their facial expressions. So we'll continue with other potential subtitles for the podcast in the future, but buckle in for part two of this rich conversation with my friend Jupiter. Enjoy. No things <laughs> about things about yeah. no things. Yeah, things about no things. That'd be a great spinoff yeah. podcast. And then, so meta conversationalism or oh. meta conversationalist is just conversations where we acknowledge that we're having a conversation about. It's conversation about conversation, so we can acknowledge it, and that it's part like that is included in uh, meta conversation. So if you're talking about something. It's not meta-conversationalist, but if you pause and go, we're talking about this right now. Or if you just say... <laughs> we are so um, talking about this right now. <laughs> if you say, hey, your tone seemed interesting there, that's talking about talking. Talking. So that is yes. a form of meta-conversation that isn't like the, this typical self-referential, because that is like a popular culture way to use yeah, just yeah, yeah. the word meta. Right. Um, right. And I don't know when that started, but yeah, but just noticing as a, vocal as a prefix, tone. most of the time it means like the thing within the thing, like the thing Dude. again, conversation about conversation. All right, so huge part about communication, the hugest part one can argue is nonverbal communication. Mm -hmm. It's statistically, I think, way more stuff is nonverbal than verbal. Oh yeah, way more. Facial expressions, body language, so many things is more than just what you mm -hmm. said, which is oftentimes why texts are not interpreted mm -hmm. the way that the texts are intended. It's also why like people who are working with different body language dictionaries uh, will chafe a lot of the times. And we mentioned like neurodivergent folks. Um, neurodivergent just means uh, your brain is like works in a different way than the typical brain and like typical is defined. Uh. 
Yeah. In like kind of a dumb way. Like yeah. you could look at the DSM five if you wanted to. Okay. Um, but it's not being able to interpret that nonverbal in a way that would be the typical well, way, right? It's it's not like this is kind of like me, like this is what I believe, but uh-huh. I don't interpret it as like not able to read those signals as you I have a different dictionary. Like one has a different dictionary than and someone it, and it oftentimes who is neurotypical. Is, and it's oftentimes different than the person who's acting that communication it's yeah. not what they intended so like, you're trying to communicate and you have the same words to work with each other but you're like they don't quite mean the same things because of the <laughs> uh the body language this sounds like old school the men are from mars women are from <laughs> venus Boing! it's this this is typical like yeah men and women not being able this is textbook like i said this but that's not what you've heard Mm-hmm. This is from books and whatever. It's like yeah, I mean, and that like. But it's really all like, all people have a different dictionary, even if it's subtly different. It's got, yeah, you know. And so, like, when you come with come up with to people when they interact and they have um, like sufficiently different dictionaries, that's where you can come into problems. Yeah. So, like, especially if it's. Not only a different interpretation, but an opposing interpretation that would cause major friction. Yeah, not just a con- not just confusion or mi- slight misunderstanding, but really different than mm. what you intended. Well, things things can escalate. Yeah, from, I could smile like, at you. Small. I could smile at you, and this is what I've heard of some primates. Right? If you smile, they think it's aggression. Um, it's, I think maybe sure but even we'll if that's not yes. true as an example yeah, as if a, i smiled i'm like i like you and you went he wants to kill me mm-hmm. it's like, like the opposite of what uh, i was trying to do just with humans like some people uh, feel really uncomfortable if you try to look them in the eyes Dude, and like that is go. just like yeah like one person understands looking into the eyes as meaning respect the other person understands it as like something to be afraid of like I'm intimidating you with a stare. I will get the Academy Award. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Call back. All right. Yeah, that's oh man. I think in nonverbal communication with interpersonal the person listening does more eye contact. Mm-hmm. And then the person talking oftentimes feels less comfort in meet, meeting that eye contact yeah. and the speaker will bounce their eyes more. Mm-hmm. In a just one-on-one, it's different if it's a whole room because yeah. if it's a huge room you can look for a moment mm-hmm. and as long as you bounce those eyes off and look somewhere else it's fine but if i only look at one of you out of a thousand that's the problem yeah totally yeah. someone's staring at you in a crowd it's one-on-one on one long time stare it's like something's mm-hmm. that's too intimate for what this is yeah <laughs> i think that's, yeah it becomes like if you look at them and then like go back to doing things and look and they're still looking like is everything okay <laughs> so you're saying like, like i think give it a third time though before you like go over to them and See what's up. Before you go, yo, what's up? Yeah. You want to take this outside? Yeah. I was just looking at you. Let's have a Donnybrook. <laughs> and it depends on how long, how often, and how long that look is. Mm-hmm. I Do you recognize be... this person? Is yeah. this the first time they've done yeah. this? Right. Are you already close friends with them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're already close friends with them, they'll still notice and they'll be like, what's up? You need something? I could tell you kept looking at me. Like, maybe you need me. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if they're strangers, it's like... Maybe you're weary, like maybe Maybe. you don't like me for some reason, or you're afraid of me, or I should be afraid of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think you know, for marginalized people, that is like like a big thing they have to like worry about all the time. um, Is like 
when someone is like maybe like you know absentmindedly just staring at them uh they don't know if this is a person who's staring at them because of the way they look you know and if it is because of how they look do they like it or do they dislike it yeah right because there can be sometimes like that person's really attractive. Mm-hmm. They look different than other people. Yeah. I like them. I mm-hmm. think I literally want to approach them and say, I think I like you based on the way you look. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, I don't like you based on the way you look. And then sometimes you can the intention can be, I want to look at you because I like the way you look, but it can still be a bit rude. Yeah. And I, I, I think with marginalized people, the thing is that like you can't tell the difference. Like, like someone staring at you is staring at you. Yeah. And, like, when it's between your safety and, like, not your... Like, yeah. you know, you, you, you take the safe bet. You're like, I'll stay away from that person who's staring at me no matter what the reason. And, like, you know, women, statistically, black people, might as well, like, gay yeah. people, like, like, any marginalized group is, like, if I'm getting too much attention from someone I don't know... I'm going to go ahead and this, assume it's bad for my own survival. Yeah, because, like... If, if things go south for me, this could be, like, really bad. Mm-hmm. So is there a way... To stare at people, To like, stare at people in a good way. Um, <laughs> there's two ways, the way I see it. Um, one is to only stare at them because you're walking towards them to, like actually have this interaction like yeah okay because like staring is not an interaction or it is but it's like one-sided unnatural one unless you're literally approaching Mm -hmm. so it's like hey i'm looking at you because i'm coming towards you because we want to talk you're not like why is someone looking at me when they're walking up to you yeah you might be like why are they walking up to me if like depending on the situation but it's if it's in a parking lot at night versus in the grocery store and hey have you ever tried these kind of grapefruits like those are different totally (laughs) totally it's different Safety scenarios, too. (laughs) Different lighting levels. Yeah, yeah, right. Fluorescent lights Mm -hmm. all around, inside, with other humans around. Mm -hmm. Chances of safety, hopefully higher. I would hope so. Where's the nearest fire on? Mm -hmm. The mass shootings have betrayed everything about that perception of safety. Yeah, yeah. So what about the... Oh, what was the second thing? Oh, second right, way right. to stare? Uh, the second way to stare uh, that isn't a problem. Um, and that is subtlety. <laughs> Bounce those eyes when they're not looking at you? I, like, I think that's like... Or no, you don't mean secretly quite... looking. You mean looking and they acknowledge it, but in, <laughs> but in subtle ways? I, the first one is closer to what I was thinking. Is oh. like, if you want to stare at someone just because like they're attractive is like the thing. Like... Obviously, it's super rude to just, like, stare at someone, uh, but, like, you know, you just don't stare at them. You can appreciate someone's appearance without staring at them the yeah. whole time. It's like, like, you're glancing around, and it's like, okay, now I know what their do head you, looks like. Do you like. look at people when you get in an elevator? No, I, like, face... You don't even I, look to see, like, who no, it is? I mean, I, literally, I see them, but, like, I but, don't look at them once we're in the elevator. I do. Unless but they're I, in front of me. But I'm always, like... But not because I'm, like, trying to compare myself or analyze. I just, I think my personality, I, I like looking at people. Mm-hmm. Probably one could argue too much. Yeah. When I'm driving, every car just about, and this is kind of a small town thing. I don't think if I lived in a big city it would be like this. But I'm mm-hmm. always like, do I know them? Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. It's like a millisecond go by. But I'm always like, I'm the nerdy like, hey, hey, hey. Like even on King Street, mm-hmm. I'm like, hi, hi. Not 
not everybody. Yeah. But um, my eyes are always like bouncing to their eyes to see if their eyes are bouncing to my eyes. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's typical. I think John Mulaney described it as uh, running for mayor of nothing. Like. Wow. <laughs> but I think it's because or I actually, want. Actually, his ex-wife did. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. To one of his jokes. I, I, I like, um. I like seeing a potential opportunity to make somebody know that they're seen, mm-hmm. especially the marginalized. Yeah. Which means I'm risking scaring them mm-hmm. because I want to be somebody that goes, I see you. Mm-hmm. But I don't want it to be like stare, subtle, bounce eyes, make sure they don't know. Mm-hmm. I want them to know, but not like, wow, look at you. Mm-hmm. I'll use an example that's different than um, attractive woman person of color, LGBTQ, I'll say homeless. Mm -hmm. I want to notice people because I want them to know that they're a seen member of society instead of an invisible person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm not looking at them like so that they won't notice. I want them to know that I see them. Mm -hmm. But it does, it's not always associated with money. Yeah. There have been plenty of times, but that's actually not even my point. It's more of like, I've noticed when I'm in a scenario mm-hmm. where there's people shopping and going around and driving, walking, and then there's homeless, that a lot of people just block their existence. Yeah, you don't look at them. Because if you look at them, you acknowledge they exist. and that, You have to like, deal with that reality of society. society. That fucked this up. Yeah, so I'm, I wanted to just go, hi. Mm-hmm. Not always, here's the money. But I also know that by directing that energy and focus, I am opening myself up to the possibility of a conversation that I might not want to have all the time. Mm-hmm. But I still want to be like, but again, I think that's a smallish town thing. Mm-hmm. Because if I live that way in a large city, it might be like, you can't even get from point A to point B, maybe, because it would be too many interactions yeah. that would stop me oh, too many uh, if, times. Like, if you were in New York, people would be pissed at you on the street if you tried to speak to anyone. That's what I'm trying to get at. No, homeless and the, everybody like, dude, you must be a small-town country boy because that's not how this works here. Yeah, the only people trying to talk to you on the street are, like, people trying to sell you something. Right. So it's a it's just a, an operating system that seems to kind of go, all right, because of where I live, mm-hmm. but not... In other scenarios. Yeah, I mean, I think you probably developed that operating system by living in areas that are more similar to that. Yeah, but then if you zoom out a bit just from like a homeless example, I think being in a in a town that is predominantly white. Very 92% or something the last time I understood. Like more than 90. It was Mm -hmm. 95% when I was like a kid. Uh Uh-huh. So... If I'm in a scenario that's 99% white or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. I see... Usually 100% white. Like, yeah. like so the result I, of that 5% is that, like, you're almost always surrounded by yeah. exclusively white So people. if I find myself in a scenario where there's someone that's in that marginalized, whether it's a person of color, whatever it is, and it's, it's a noticeable difference, I don't want to do the subtle where they don't see. I want to be like... Hello, I see you. You matter. You exist. You're here. But I don't want it to be tokenizing. 
Mm-hmm. And it, that's a fine yeah, line. Yeah, because it, it does make me think of like... Hey, my was, black friend! It was, yeah, I don't want to be that guy. Like, oh, hey! <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to... Yeah. Or like people did the Wakanda thing. Like. Yeah, that's that's over the top. I think it's more of like... Um, it Sometimes it feels inappropriate for me to do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it feels appropriate for me to do. But I always sometimes have to kind of analyze that. Mm-hmm. I think... You know, it, it, you got to do the right type of acknowledgement. Like, with most folks, if you're going to, like, do the, like, acknowledge that person, it's just, like, the, the the safest way to do it is for it to be, like, a very short, like, hey, or, like, like yeah. get, like nowhere, yeah. just, like, hand up. That's what I usually do. Like, not even a wave. If, it, yeah. if, if I'm waving, I'll do this one. Uh, it is an acknowledgement that you're there. Mm-hmm. Instead of I don't acknowledge you're there, it's like I see you. Yeah, in you, Australia, you are there. while driving, you acknowledge other drivers by giving them the five finger while still having your hand on the wheel. You do it's like, yeah, you you here it is. I acknowledge that you take up space. I acknowledge that you are here. Yeah, and I think that a people group that doesn't acknowledge. That a people another people group is there is akin to murdering them. Yeah, that's that's a type of genocide. Yeah, like, and entirely. and it can even lead to real actual physical genocide. What, what, what I mean, like genocide, is actually just the destruction of the culture. Oh, so uh, like yeah. um, even things like uh, like Indian schools in the Americas, like mm-hmm. they were trying, like you can't, like have any, you can't stop speaking that language, learn like white things, learn American stuff. Yeah, complete that assimilation, was a forced assimilation. Yeah, and, yeah, removal of a trace of their identity, really. Yeah, that is a genocide. Yeah, but I guess what I mean is that can even lead to mass murder. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, like, uh, like uh, eliminationist rhetoric. So, like, th- this is kind of like the literal result of eliminationist rhetoric, but. Um, it's putting out, uh, it's just rhetoric that's like, these people shouldn't exist for like reasons. And like, it's, it's not always explicitly said that way, but like you, you do hear it with homeless people. It's like, people are just like, we have to get these homeless people out of our cities. And they're like, where do they put them? I don't care. And that is, if you just remove the word and just do blank, it, it starts to become more obvious how, how it's horrible for that's the genocide thing we're talking about if you just go we just need to get rid of blank if you don't say homeless and you actually take the specific one out of it and just think how big picture that sentence is Mm -hmm. people horrible oppressive people from the history of civilization would just say we just need to get rid of blank i don't care where they go if they die if they move somewhere else they just can't be here yeah. That's pretty much a lot of oppression in the world and murder in the world. It's one of the core values of fascism is that we just need to get rid of blank. I didn't it's, know that. Yeah. yeah, it's it's um it's one of the ways it's like defined is that you have like the fascist in in group, the fascies, uh, and you have the out group. Yeah. Uh, and you always have to have that. So like when yeah. um in fascist regimes, when you find that they, like, are getting their way through the original, like, these, these are the people we need to, like, kill in order for things to be right, they have to find more people, or they have to shrink the in-group. Right. So, someone who used to be included is no longer 
included. Right, right. right. Um, this would be like, uh, like if someone was Irish and they were usually treated as white, but then they were treated as like Irish separately from that, um, which has been the case in some times. Yeah, but it's a that's becoming a more forgotten. I think a forgotten part of our past. Yeah, is the the people that ended up just being lumped into the white. Mm-hmm. There was like Italian and Jewish and Irish that were like, don't even bother applying for this job here. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, eh, they're white. Yeah, it's, that that separation it and that really elitism. Thing. Yeah, race is evolving all the yeah, time. Yeah, that fake construct of of race. Yeah. I think, uh, so well, it's a real construct is yeah. we construct. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. It's a construct, right. Uh, man-made. Yeah. Uh, the, where were we? The, uh, um, genocide of the culture, getting rid of it. Remember that I told you this other yeah. night, but about the, the, uh, Rwandan. The, no, no. The rabbi story. Oh, okay. It's, it's, um, ancient rabbinical, you know, it's the what happened the act of murder and the steps of murder mm, it's right murder right before that you would say to yourself i'm going to murder them before that you would and i'm sure there's an infinite number of steps you could argue but the basic ones right mm-hmm. before that someone should murder them mm-hmm. right before that they need to die mm-hmm. right before that something like they don't deserve to live or something and then right before that would be, they are less than me. Mm-hmm. And so the rabbis said, so if you ever think that you are higher than a person, you just took the first step towards murdering them. So in this thing you're talking about with fascism and being at its essence, mm-hmm. and if you, if you even think they, they, they're not one of, they're out. Mm-hmm. You already took the first step towards murder. And it might just stay there, but you've taken that step, and it's going to lead to some bad stuff, which is why I, I love one of the teachings of Jesus. He says, uh, like you've heard it been said, do not murder, but I tell you that you, if you have hatred in your heart for your brother, you're already a murderer. It's the same thing. It's the same teaching, really. Mm-hmm. If you already think, I hate you, or even you're meaningless, you already started the process. You're already mm-hmm. essentially a murderer. Yeah. You've denied the humanity of another yeah. person. Yeah. So that's why Which I Which want... is like murder. Like if yes. you take a person and make them not a person, they're just stuff now. That's murder. Yeah. N- not a thing or no, <laughs> nothing. No thing. You are no thing. Yeah. To circle that back. Mm-hmm. But I don't... I, I want to I do little healings in the world that are the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. You're a person. That's what I think, my hellos. Yeah. You exist, you exist, you exist. I want to walk around, you exist. And if I went to New York, they'd be like, dude, you got to stop looking at us. (laughs) But you exist. And they're like, we know. (laughs) The NYPD would approach you and be like, hey, uh, can you breathe into this? Can you go back to Kansas or wherever (laughs) it is you came from? Because it's just not how we do things. So maybe the big city isn't for me. Yeah. It's not for me. I'm not into it. Yeah, yeah. I like visiting. Mm-hmm. Cities, yeah, but then I get intimidated fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Subway and all these things. Oh man. Yeah, I I spent some time in Los Angeles a few years ago and uh, like was taking the bus around everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and like, 
had the bad habit, and I kind of still have it, of, like, planning, like, to the time rather than, like, planning in time in between for, like, not perfect things. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, I ended up, like, waiting for a bus at, like, 11.30 in the dark in, like, a weird part of the city. And I was like... You're like, I screwed this plan uh, up. Yeah, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. I really don't enjoy this. Yeah. Oh, man. I... Uh, oh, I got so many more things I want to say, but I feel like we've been going forever. Oh, yeah. I don't know. What time is it? 10.30. I don't remember when we started, but I don't know. I feel pretty close to landing the plane. Yeah. I mean, I got so many more things that my brain keeps popping up. Even after we stop, I'm going to tell you a story. Yeah. About in Liberia, but in, in uh, no, on the way to Liberia. More, more episodes. There's more to say. Oh, yeah. So many more things. And this is just the potential subtitle we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Not even getting into the things. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't even We've gotten yet to the things yet. to speak about a thing. All yeah. those things you heard? No thing. They're not a thing yet. That might not even be the subtitle. <laughs> so then it really would not be a thing. I really hope it isn't. Cause, and then make it just the title of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Every episode is the potential subtitle of the podcast. Ooh, <laughs> that's an idea. Oh, gosh. That, that feels like it's got one season, and it'll be strong, and then it'll end. You just stop doing that. Continue the show and be like, we don't do that anymore. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. In season two, we did nothing but potential subtitles. <laughs> Maybe that's what this is. Hey, dude, I, I've done 60-something I don't have seasons. I've never called it like season one. Ooh. I've just had 60-something episodes or concepts that mm-hmm. I post. I call them concepts. Did we just start season two of Things About Things? Absolutely. Yeah. I never thought I'd be season two guy. You know? Welcome I, to I, season two. Yeah. When I see other, I've seen podcasts and they do it by year. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Just podcasts like this that are just amateur, you know, not famous, whatever, people just put, do them. And they'll do, like, six that year because they're lazy and they just don't get around to it. Or, like, you know, Joey wasn't available and Steve couldn't do it and their schedules wouldn't lined up. So they only did six. And then the next year they're like, all right, welcome to season two of our podcast. This is season two, episode one. I'm like, come on. <laughs> you did six of them. But I think it's because the six weren't. The same as if they were six, like, TED Talk quality, mm-hmm. I would have been like, you just, that's a season. Yeah, when they put six TED Talks in, like, an anthology on Netflix, yeah. you're like, yeah, that's a that's season. That's a season. Or, like, six, like, a a, a, a documentary stuff. What do they call them when it's, like, a limited series? Yeah. On Netflix or mm-hmm. something? And it's a limit, intentionally limited series. Not a full season, but a limited series, and there's six of them. And then they come back and they go season two, mm-hmm. if um, something like that. I'm like, that's legit. Uh, so think, it needs to be good. Is really yeah. the point. I think every season of Sherlock has like three episodes. Really? Mm-hmm. They're each that. like an hour or longer. Dude, I love it. So maybe this is season two of Things About Things. Yeah, maybe it is. Where then this season? But you know what? I don't want to limit it. I don't want to have to have every. Every episode, a potential subtitle. You don't have to limit it. You just have to expand your definition of subtitle. 
Today's subtitle is the concept of loneliness. Loneliness. Yeah, but is that a, an appropriate subtitle for things about things? Yeah. Because <laughs> you say so. <laughs> Why not? Things, things about, about things. things a the concept of loneliness. Things about things. Is it a podcast about loneliness? No, it's not a podcast but about loneliness. That's what I mean by subtitle. The subtitle is like no, things but, about things. Yeah, but we're talking about two different things right now. I just realized. You're saying a subtitle is that that's the episode. Title. No, no, I'm not. You're not saying I'm that? saying each episode you like propose that something be the new subtitle. For of course. The... And at the end of it, we can be like loneliness didn't make the cut. <laughs> yeah, it turns out hard. Someday we'll do one that is like not uh, not a word or like a concept. We'll hit a button. It'll play like a sound. It's like that's the uh, is that the subtitle? the subtitle? And then we talk about it. And at the end, we go, no, that's not it. It's, <laughs> it's very difficult to. Accomplish. This one feels closer to the actual final subtitle than just like <laughs> things about things. Yeah, I don't know though. I have some. I could argue that that is what I want this podcast to be like. So, so maybe that that's why it should be one of them. Because I do want, I do want it to be sort of like we're just kicking it, like nothing. We are definitely just kicking it. So it, one could argue an accurate subtitle, <laughs> more so than uh, Renaissance Polymath Meta Conversationalist yeah. podcast for people who want to learn a few things about a lot of things. It could just be what's your? <laughs> can you imagine like picture if this podcast that gets. Very few views becomes like millions of views, but we land. We finally decided that our subtitle was boing, and then people go, "Have you heard things about things?" No, what is that? <laughs> boing. What is it like? Boing. <laughs> That's never going anywhere. Um, like it depends how quote like the following sounds. is. But I like sounds. I got a lot of funny sounds that I'm working on for comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I'm, I want to do visual things, but not put them on camera. So, like, today's subject is this color, and, and we, we just talk about it. And, like, the the people watching, like, they hear us describe the color. We'll they'll figure like, it out immediately. Yeah. Almost but, like, immediately. It's not... But they never see it, is your point. My, my point is that it's not, like, when you just describe a color, you can say red. But that is like surface level. It describes a huge section of the like color spectrum that your eye can perceive. Oh yeah, yeah. So like yeah, yeah, this yeah. is not just red. This it's is burnt, a particular. It's red. burnt sienna. And we talk it's about it. We're like one of my first crayons from the big crayon box. Burnt sienna. I liked that one. That was what I used for my skin tone when I was a kid. I was darker at the time. So burnt sienna would be in the category of. If this might sound racist, I apologize. But burnt sienna, if you were to color yourself burnt sienna because it was a reflection of how you saw yourself, then therefore, and you said you're Greek. Yeah. In your mind, Greek isn't as white as what we would call white. Well, there's like a pretty good reason why we consider like all Greeks white. And like, so like just my Greek family, like not all of us have tan skin. Yeah, um, yeah. Like my my father did, but my uh, my aunt, like his sister, uh, very pale, like, like pale, pale white, um, still like Greeker than me. I'm half Greek. So like, you know, that type of thing. Um, He's Greeker than me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, right, Greece. We were talking about. Yeah, that's an interesting place. Oh, the historically, reason, the reason why they're described as white is because they were like the philosophers. They were like the civilization. We want the democracy. They made democracy. So like, that's racist, though, to say to call them white based on that. I yes, think. it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. The, because racist people made that decision. Got it. Like, many, many years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like... Oh, they did good stuff? Then they're white. Yeah. That's yeah. it. I, like, they did this all the time. When uh-huh. when they started having interactions with Japan uh, and discovered, like, hey, they, like, had a lot of technology and, like, we couldn't even, like, invade them very well. Like, yeah, they yeah. were, like, pretty strong. They were like, let's see if... Like, there were people who put forth the idea that... Japanese people were more closely related to white people than to other East Asian people. Because, oh, oh they're good. They're, and, like, the thing is, like, the, the horrible thing about racism is that there were, like, Japanese scholars who were, like, putting this forward because, like, you know, uh, without education, the dream of the oppressed is to become the oppressor. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's Egyptian... I think it's Egyptian and Ethiopian, or maybe just one of those, that because of some of their historic power and accomplishments, that there's like white supremacists that believe that there was like white mixture in mm-hmm. with them, and that's why they were able to be the oppressor. Oh, yeah, people put forth that all the time, and they try to disprove um, the. Uh, like, we came from Africa, like, the first humans uh, evolved from apes that were living in Africa, uh, and then spread out across the entire... People try to, like, be like, that's not true because I'm a racist white person, and, like, here's evidence that, like, actually a white person was, like, before that. Oh, um, uh, yeah, yeah. But it's not the case. This is garbage, yeah. Yeah. Um, I it's just rewriting your oh, own version um, of your preferred history based on your elitism. That's all it is. I was just learning some about Ethiopia uh, and the like leaders there, uh, and I don't know exactly what's going on now, but uh, they like had this thing with Mussolini because uh, Mussolini wanted to take all their land, and they were like, no, and they were able to stop him because Italians suck at war. Um, <laughs> As they say. <laughs> uh, That's great. <laughs> I never heard that. Also because, I didn't know they said that, <laughs> whoever they are. <laughs> also because uh, Ethiopian folks uh, were pretty good at war. Um, yeah. And overcame, like, pretty serious odds because they were, like, not sold any weapons, even though, like, Italy had, like, a million weapons. It was all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But the reason I was talking about this at all is because... Um, the uh, the ruler of um, Ethiopia, or like the the regent, and then he became the ruler afterward. Uh, he didn't consider himself black. Like he didn't feel solidarity with like other people who shared his skin tone at all. He considered him like he considered himself white because he was like, yeah, I'm like this class of people. Like he didn't see it as like a like. My skin is this tone, so that so that means, and it also uh, it is a little related to this, um, like kind of what you said. There was there's there was like old wisdom that like white blood had ended up in the area at some point, which might be true. Who knows? But like, yeah, Ethiopia is the only part of Africa that was uh, not colonized by white people. 
at some point. Whoa. Because it was the mountains. Because they, like, it was harder to fight there. It was There's some endless. early faith stuff can, that ended up connecting with early Christian that is some of the coolest stuff. Because it doesn't involve the, like, uh, crusaders and, like, the white mass murder crusade mm-hmm. version of the Christian history. Yeah. It's just, like, the faith and what, how the faith evolved there that mm-hmm. wasn't, didn't have that. Yeah. It's amazing. Some of the early, like, desert mothers and fathers, the mystics, mm-hmm. good amount of them in the mountains of Ethiopia. It's like, you get away. It's like, look, none of that. None of this stuff, we're just going to think about what we think about faith. And they come up with some really good poetic, metaphysical, that's some of my favorite stuff, dude, where you like, you hear, you know, you think Christian and you think like, oh, so like a um, white American oppressive nationalist. It's like, no, 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 none of that. All that gone. Just this narrative of like Christ and this, this, these teachings in solidarity and meditative states in the mountains with only a few people talking about it, really cool stuff is said. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. love reading Monasteries that stuff. Monasteries and monks and stuff. That's, yeah. I mean, you yeah. know. Not to say that they all did great things. There's obviously going to be some bad stories even there, too, but not as many. Yeah. <laughs> not as many bad ones, you know. <laughs> so I, I love that stuff. When I first started reading that stuff, I was like, oh, Mm-hmm. I didn't really know that this narrative involved that. I want to ask you about something. Um, mm-hmm. So every now and then I'll think of like a thing and I'll be like, I wonder what uh, like Christianity versus Buddhism has to say about this. And that's just because those are the two religions I know the most about. Um, I should, I also do Judaism. Like I, I do, I, I, those are the three that I like. <laughs> Did you say I just I also do Judaism? Is that the phrase that you said? <laughs> like Google, like oh, that is oh, yeah. what I mean. I, I, I do a little Judaism. <laughs> Who doesn't do a little Judaism? You know, I spent like a really long time converting and like. Had to... Or like I don't I don't eat I don't eat osprey. That's in the Bible. I yeah. do a little Judaism. I don't eat pork. So yeah, like... you do a little Judaism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you skip the bacon at the buffet. I don't... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'll have a pastrami on rye, except yeah. it won't. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So the three. So sort of the. Yeah. So Ju- those are the ones that I like. Yeah. Know things about. Have like read anything about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so they're usually the ones I look at. But I'll take yeah. like a thing, uh, and the thing that I'm, I'm about to talk about is forgiveness. So yeah. I was just I like. You know, you have to search a bunch of different things till you get to like actual articles to read, but. Uh, I started with just, like, forgiveness in Christianity, forgiveness in Buddhism. Uh-huh. And uh, the Buddhist argument I found was that forgiveness uh, doesn't exist under Buddhism. You don't need it uh, because even if someone forgives you, that you have still committed, like... Uh, um, it still happened. Whatever you did still happened and had consequences. Yes, maybe. It's, it's still... That, that is the broad, um, like, yeah. thing. You I'm can't nullify you, that it, it happened. It means you didn't do right action, which is one of the, um, the Values or of, something. Yeah, okay. the, the paths of the Eightfold Path, uh-huh. uh, which is, like, the core of what yeah, you yeah. do for Buddhism. Um, so, like, 
if you do something to someone and they forgive you, all that means is you have to make up for it with other right action, you know? like. So in a way, all they're doing is, on a practical level, they're not actively punishing you. Mm -hmm. And um, some people would argue that forgiving someone is not the right thing to do because it takes away their opportunity to believe they do need to to restore and do something right somehow. Action. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, it can teach them they can just do wrong action. Yeah. yeah. And then this is what uh, that article had to say when comparing it to forgiveness in Christianity. And I'm interested in like hearing what you have to say. Uh, they said like forgiveness is a thing in Christianity, uh, and like you are asked to forgive like your brother and everything, and that is because God pays the debt that is due so like the debt does come due when you forgive someone it is just paid not by you but by like your lord and savior um that's one way to think of it 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 that's a common way that i've heard it mm -hmm. in it's in this punitive way where it's like there is a punishment involved for what you've done wrong mm -hmm. and so that punishment went to Jesus, and he took the punishment. And that's, that's a version of Christianity mm. that I have heard. Yeah. I, a lot. I, I, I would say mostly. Punishment necessarily, but just like debt. Like, um, paid, paid the price. Yeah. So you can equate, you can, yeah, the, if the price was, and like, in, in that version of Christianity, the price is death. Mm -hmm. That's where that comes from. That, it's like, he, he paid that debt? Yeah, how do you pay it? With cash? No, he died. He took, that's the cross. Mm -hmm. To some people, that's what the cross means. Yeah. Not all, not all Christians would agree with that version of the narrative. Mm -hmm. Just like with any religion, there's like different denominations or traditions that would describe it mm -hmm. in different ways. Um, tell, me, tell me if this is anything. Uh, mm -hmm. It has always seemed weird to me that like the point is that Christ like died like, to protect people, I guess, you know, right. in some capacity. But he didn't die. Okay. Like, like, he did, and he was reborn. But right. I feel like the it's reason you care about death is because the consequence is, like, eternity. Uh, so but, he didn't go through the forever gone. Yeah. It's he went just through like, three days he gone. Didn't right. pay, like, he didn't pay the price. He didn't die. Interesting. He, like, t died for three days and was reborn, yeah, yeah. which is very different from paying the he price He was mostly of dead. <laughs> Mostly, yeah. there's dead, dead, and there's mostly dead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's an interesting take, man. Yeah. Uh, there's the... Um, well, yeah, I was just curious, like, yeah. what that, like, if, if that means anything to you. Yeah, it certainly means a lot to me. Um, yeah, there's so much I could say because I've literally, I mean, this is what I've studied and analyzed and even debated other people and even debated within myself mm -hmm. about how I view this story. But one of my favorite things I ever heard was that uh, that Jesus didn't die so that God would love you. Jesus died to show you that God already did, or something like that. Mm -hmm. But it still it still doesn't get to the essence of your point about like, well, he wasn't like dead, dead. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like the price was not death; it was temporary death, and yeah, then yeah. Uh, uh, what's the word? Apotheosis, that's the word. Which isn't quite what happened to him because he was already a god on earth, but uh, he ascended in like a different way. 
But here's a different angle altogether, at least according to a certain way of looking at the Christian faith, is mm-hmm. God or the all or the energy of the universe and every this thing that holds everything together, for lack of a better word, like the invisible part of that, mm-hmm. manifesting itself in a visible form. Mm-hmm. In a human visible form. I think every visible thing is still the manifestation of that invisible. Mm-hmm. All things. Ba- back to the phrase things. It's a Bible verse. All things are created by him, for him, and through him. Nothing has been made that wasn't made through him. Mm-hmm. And that's referring to the Christ or Jesus. But that's re- it's not Jesus of Nazareth. It's like the visible manifestation of the invisible has mm-hmm. always existed. Mm-hmm. And it started making this. Um, instead of thinking about a debt, just temporarily set aside debt, mm-hmm. God or the invisible made visible, showed up, mm-hmm. human, as a human, and we killed him uh, because we couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. Like we couldn't take. Like we thought that there was such a distance between human and divine that there's no way that that chasm could ever touch. And then the chasm touched and we're like, no. And we rejected it. So then it's like, well, he wasn't really paying. You could say, well, it's not about a debt he was paying or he didn't have to die for you to be forgiven. He just said, hello, here I am. And we went, no. And we killed him. And then he came back to life because he's like, well, I'm not going to stay dead because I am I am the essence of life, yeah. so I'm not going to be dead forever. Pranked you. Like... Yeah, I was just here to say hi. <laughs> like, chill out. But, but you could say, to go further with it, he didn't fight back. Mm-hmm. Like, of course not. He, he doesn't fight, except for that one time with the bankers except for the, Or except for the whole Old Testament. <laughs> right, right. I, I I do forget that like Christ is also an like, overflow of that promised Messiah, yeah. at least in the Christian tradition, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, like, obviously Satan only kills like two people in the Bible, and that's only in the versions that like definitely have Satan in them. Yeah, and then God tells the Israelites to kill a lot of people. Yeah. And yeah. then sometimes God kills a lot of people directly. Yeah. The flood. Yeah, that's a lot. It was all Granted all. they typed they like Deserved it, according to, like... But see, that goes back to a, pain, a penalty, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But if you look at that narrative of of a pacifist Jesus, it's... Even if someone isn't a person of faith, actually, in, like, a religion and things such as, like, heaven and God, if you just... Just take... Wear that hat for a moment. If there's such a thing as God and heaven... Wherever heaven is, whatever heaven is, if if that deity, in essence, were to come across like men with swords, who wins? It's gonna be God. Like it's just like well, I mean, like like well, like Zeus. Who's gonna win, Zeus or a random dude with a sword? You know, it's like Zeus is gonna win if most of the time. If yeah. Zeus wants to fight. But he doesn't just lay himself down and let himself be hung up and die. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of the narrative of the Christian narrative is this narrative of God is when God comes to meet you face to face, if you fight, he doesn't fight back. Mm -hmm. You just, you just kill him. Yeah. Humble. And I think part of that is the, um, like 
the the Greek gods were actually like more human. They had like temperament and like they they could hate and be upset and angry and yeah, like, yeah. did fight. And Zeus was like fallible. Like you could yeah, you true, could beat yeah. him in a fight. Like I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. When like, I used that could, example, I didn't I didn't remember that. Ninth grade. <laughs> it's all good. Ninth grade <laughs> mythology. I loved it. But I didn't remember all this stuff. But yeah, all these like super powerful beings, like many of them are defeated in combat at some point by another super powerful being. So, uh, like the the so the Jesus like, narrative this, would be he didn't even try to fight. I and I think the important part is that mm-hmm. he didn't need to fight. Like mm. Zeus, were someone to come for his life, he would have to fight back. Uh, probably not literally because he's like immortal, but. Uh, that he could be diminished, his power could, like, whatever, and then he mm-hmm. comes back eventually. But, oh, I see. Um, but Christ could not lose if his intention was to not lose. He has the power to win, like, definitionally, is, yeah. is, in my understanding of, like, what yeah, sure. is generally that, believed. That story, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so that's two different ways of thinking about it. Yeah. Forgiveness, we started with that debt being paid or just like I'm here with you and then we go no we don't want you here and then he goes okay that could be it I think that's interesting yeah it, debt is like talked about in the bible right yeah it is for yeah. sure there's that's the thing there's proof text for both ways of looking at it mm-hmm. there's that's the that's the bible yeah. for you that's the quran for you Mm-hmm. That's the Hebrew scriptures or the Old Testament. Yeah. It's like pick the stuff that's the narrative that you want to f- trace, mm-hmm. and it's there. And you'll find a way to describe this narrative. Mm-hmm. This is how it is. Look at these hundred verses, and they all say that. And you go, yeah, they, you're right. Mm-hmm. And then someone else goes, no, it's a, this is the story it tells. Look at these hundred verses, and you mm-hmm. go, yeah, that sounds right too. Yeah. Because you have your book that tells you that, and so if you find the verses that coincide with what you are, how you tend to think, mm-hmm. that's it. And a friend of mine said, uh, "If we're honest with ourselves," he's a pastor, and he says, "If we're honest with ourselves, we can make the Bible say whatever we want it to say." So I choose to make it say love. So it means I'm I'm going to have to find some verses that don't they don't seem to say love, and I have to kind of say. I don't really want to acknowledge those. I just want my story. Mm-hmm. And at least it's for the sake of love. Yeah. It's honest. Mm-hmm. It's an honest denial of certain aspects of the book mm-hmm. for the sake of love, as opposed to hatred and murder with that same book. You know, picture like the KKK claiming that they are Christians mm-hmm. and they have Bible verses they're using. Yeah. Uh they weren't honest enough to just say, you can make the Bible say whatever you want, so we choose to make it say hate. They say that's what it says. Yeah, they just say that's what it says. I'd rather be the person that goes, I like to, mm-hmm. I like, I have verses I lean towards. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> or like the prosperity gospel who, like, they get to the line about uh, it is easier to Rich put man a camel. Oh, yeah. Through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom yeah, yeah. of heaven. Uh, and they're like, yeah, that's like a metaphor. For yeah. <laughs> it has nothing to do with my private jet or <laughs> right. like, keep sending me money on TV. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they, I, I think instead of the metaphor, because it actually, I can tell you the history of what that phrase is. Mm-hmm. But before I do that, 
what they're even if you dismiss that and say it, the metaphor they're referring to instead of it being an eye of a needle if it is about the metaphor the essence of what Jesus was saying is that it's hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom that's what he was saying so even if you go well it wasn't an eye of a needle it was this other thing it's like fine let's say it was this other well, thing it's still saying that it's hard mm-hmm. for a rich person to well, enter the, the kingdom. The metaphor they're arguing is that he's not talking about material wealth. And oh, he, I have never heard that. Yeah, I, I found this because I was thinking to myself, like, how do, like, ridiculously wealthy televangelists uh, cope with the line in their Bible that says rich people have a hard time getting into heaven and yeah. you should not, like, hoard wealth and should give all of it away, pretty much. Oh, got it. Yeah. I've never heard that the wealth part was a metaphor. But, yeah. the, but the metaphor about the eye of the needle mm-hmm. is... In that a, is a metaphor. Yeah, yeah. It's ancient Near East. There's like a gate mm-hmm. to go into a city. Have you heard yeah. this? I, yeah, totally. Oh, okay, yeah. That's all I was talking about with the metaphor. I never heard like the wealth part was a metaphor. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, rich man's pretty... Yeah. It's like camel. It's, it's camel. The mm-hmm. only thing that isn't that is the eye of the needle might have been referring to something else. Yeah. That was still difficult to pass. But that's the key. I think that's the reason why it's important to have that historical context is that he wasn't saying it's impossible. Mm -hmm. Because of course he wasn't. He was saying it's difficult. It's impossible. Well, I don't know what physics would say, Mm -hmm. but in normal human logic, Mm -hmm. it's impossible for a camel to go through a literal eye of a needle. Mm -hmm. Physicists might be able to ninja that one and tell me how it's possible, but in real life talk, mm-hmm. it's impossible. I don't even have to physicist it for you. Um, <laughs> you can, if you're allowed to change the shape of that camel, you can fit it through the eye of a needle. There we go. That's what I mean. No, you ninja'd it on me. But what, what the, I but what I mean you is you can change the shape of an animal. I know, but still, you cut the entire camel <laughs> into one long strand and then you put it through the eye. It's quite needle. difficult. Absolutely right. very but, difficult. But I think the essence is yeah. this gate that they're supposed to go through in the city. They ha- uh, The camel had to take all of its possessions off mm. to get into the right. city. Right, because you couldn't fit through with saddlebags. And the reason that it was small was so that you can't attack, right? So you have to take off all of your possessions and basically be humble and crawl through this little gate. So that you can't be in full attack mode. You have to take off all your stuff to enter. It's not impossible at all. Mm-hmm. It's humiliating. It's you. It's difficult in a sense of like you have to bow down and take off your stuff. Mm-hmm. So how does a rich man enter the kingdom? He bows down and takes off all his stuff. Mm-hmm. And he can do it. It's not impossible. You just got to get rid of all your stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. I think that's yeah. what he's saying. Like, of course a rich man can enter the kingdom. He's just got to give away all his stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's not hard. Uh, no, it's not. Uh, it is probably hard, but it's not um, complicated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite simple. Just take off all your stuff. You know, <laughs> and then you go on in, you know. But the thing is, though, the heaven, oftentimes in the New Testament, and, in, and even in Jewish culture, heaven... And the kingdom or the kingdom oh. of heaven are not necessarily thought of as after you go to heaven, after you die, you get to go up to some place. Mm-hmm. In some Christian traditions, the phrase the kingdom or the kingdom of heaven is the reality here. Mm. Remember in the. Um, the I see. So, like. Remember the phrase on earth as it is in heaven? Yeah. From the Lord's Prayer? Yeah. That's the kingdom. 
Mm-hmm. When things are operating on earth the way that they operate in heaven, that's the kingdom. That's of the kingdom of heaven. Just like where's the British Empire? It's wherever we are. Yeah, right? <laughs> that's a horrible way of describing it because of oppression. But like, where is where is the kingdom of heaven? Wherever heaven is, where's heaven? Well, as there's some there's some um, monks that mm-hmm. have said heaven is when you like when you see that person in need and you feed them or you see eye to eye with this person, mm-hmm. you're in heaven. And then when you don't, you're in hell. What is hell? It's when you're not reconciling these things. Hell is other people. Yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> kingdom of heaven is rich man entering the kingdom of heaven. Maybe it's not give away all your stuff so that you can float up to the clouds. Mm-hmm. It's give away your stuff so that we can be in the kingdom together. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, you can enter the kingdom. If you don't do that, I don't think it means like, and if you don't give away all your stuff, after you die, you go to hell. Yeah. I don't think that is even what he's saying. I actually don't really think that down, like, the like, down there stuff is even the teaching that he's bringing. I, we we kind of touched on this at some point, and <clears throat> I wanted to talk about this play I saw that I forgot it's called, it was called The Christians, and it's about a guy, uh, a preacher, who uh, begins to change what he's preaching. He's like, uh, I don't like, I don't preach hell anymore. I don't think there's like reasonable evidence that the Bible is like hell exists. You yeah, know, yeah. You go back the... to the old like Hebrew texts, and it's like, you know, grave. It, it's like a garbage pile or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, the the burning trash outside of the city. Yeah, and so, so it's an it's a allegory. It's a What's that called? When you're um, using this thing as an example. Allegory is, is that right? Is one type one of thing. Uh, <laughs> metaphor thing. is another way yeah, to yeah. do that. Um, things about things, season two, episode two. Metaphor. <laughs> is that our subtitle? <laughs> no, probably not. But we maybe should talk about it. Uh, but oh, it's let pretty me meta for a metaphor. Oh my gosh, metaphor needs to be one now. But uh, it's when a four refers to itself. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh, it's 16. It's 4-4. Four, four. Yep. Yep. And 4 acknowledges itself. It, it's squared, and it's a 16. Right. We were talking about how hell doesn't exist. Oh, I did want to mention, uh, mm-hmm. like, the events of the show and, like, one more thing. Uh-huh. Um, he basically loses everything. Like, his whole congregation and his wife leave him. Uh, Is this on Netflix? It was a play that I saw. Oh, oh I saw a movie about this. Oh, it, it's entirely possible mm-hmm. that it's the same thing. Yeah. Um, the thing I wanted to mention is that I left that show being like, this was not an explicitly anti-Christian film. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, really, this guy like lost everything. Like, Well, here's the thing, man. I think one could argue that mm-hmm. stuff... Stories like that are not anti-Christian stories. They're pro-Christian stories. Yeah. That, the well, real version that. of the faith. Yeah. Like, if more Christians were like that guy, mm-hmm. Christianity might not be as destructive in this world. And the, the reason I bring it up is because I saw that show with several people who were Christians who were, like, seeing it Were because they offended or... The, like, I we walked out of the show and they were like, I felt like it was, like pretty anti-Christian. Like, I felt like it was... Sa- and I was like, well, how do you f- feel that? Like, he uh, ended up, like, destitute because of his decision to, like, or not you, enforce those... Or you could those- say he ended up 
just like the person he says he's trying to follow. Of course. Right? Like, because it's obvious <laughs> if you're, like, thinking about but it. But, it, dude, that is not obvious in most Christianity that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Like, they would say they want to be like Jesus. And then you're like, all right, so never married. Yeah. No kids. Mm-hmm. Dying, murdered young. <laughs> yeah. For being peaceful. And, uh, you, well, you could argue, the Hebrew culture might argue, because he claimed to be the, the divine one, special one. Mm-hmm. That's a whole, that's a part of the story. And there are some people you could argue have said, or some people have argued that he didn't really make the claim as often as a lot of Christians mm-hmm. say that he made that, that claim. That he was the Messiah? That he was God. That he was God. In Hebrew culture... The expectation of the Messiah, or I, I can't speak on behalf of all of it, but in a lot of Hebrew culture, the coming, the expected Messiah is sent by God, mm-hmm. but isn't God. Yeah. Okay. Christians have said, this is the Jewish Messiah, and he is God. Mm. Some Jews believed it, and obviously, historically, statistically now, most Jews don't in modern time. Mm-hmm. But the the original followers of Jesus were Jewish. Yeah. So some as Jews, was Jesus. As was Jesus. So some Jews believe this, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and then some modern Jews do too. Messianic Jews is what it's called. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Uh, and, but a lot of Jews don't. And they would say, well, the Old Testament doesn't even speak of this coming one being the essence of God, the nature of God. Mm-hmm. It seems to be a top-heavy New Testament theme. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, but yeah, if you're going to truly say, like, who, who's your, you know, your religion, who do you focus on? Who do you want to be like? If they went, J- I want to be like Jesus, it'd be like, um, this isn't going to end really great for you then. Yeah. You're going to be, you're going to be either killed or back circling back to what we talked about earlier. You'll be ostracized. Mm-hmm. You'll be murdered culturally. Yeah. Or whatever word, you know, in your society, you will be killed. <laughs> yeah. You're dead to the world. And that's what happened in that play and in the movie that I watched. This pastor guy ended up kind of being dead to that yeah. world, that mm-hmm. version of that religion. Uh, in the play, the like thing that happened that made him like rethink uh, hell was uh, he, I think he saw, it. I think like in person, he saw uh, a young Muslim boy run into a burning building to save his sister and then immediately burn to death and die. And he, like, was thinking about it in his head, like, if I continue to believe the way I believe, that child went to hell. <laughs> right. And it's right. like, you know what? I've realized that this is not how it should work. Like, yeah. whatever I think, that kid didn't go to hell. Yeah. And I've heard Christians would say, well, it doesn't matter about that. All that matters is what God said. Mm-hmm. And, um... I just can't handle that way of talking anymore. I've been around it so long. Mm-hmm. It's just, made up. Where you go, and I have made my peace with this, where I'm like, well, if that, if that's how it works, and that person jumped in and saved sacrificially, this person, and they just go to some forever flames, mm-hmm. I don't think I like that God then. Yeah. Even if it's what God says... Like, I don't think I like you then, you know? Yeah, if, if if God would send me to hell for, like, 
like any of the things I've done, then like, you know, why would I want to spend eternity with him? You know? Yeah. It's so revealing when you just put it that simply instead of, you know, how I've heard it so many times. And Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I've heard it for years and years and years and Mm -hmm. I just can't hang with it, man. Yeah. I mean, it's like the result of like the fire and brimstone stuff of like, Mm -hmm. like put the fear of God into a community. Like you are meant to fear the wrath of God. Yeah. Well, there's a, there's a theory out there that, so, um, Hebrew culture, Old Testament times, the word that's translated into hell in English would have been referred to, would have been the grave. Mm. So just death. Or death. So there's Sheol, mm-hmm. which is the grave or death. And then there's also like the word Hades, but you, you know, that actually has the influence of the the Greco-Roman, like, mm-hmm. Hades, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. mythology stuff. That's, but that's, Sheol was the Hebrew word, mm-hmm. and it just means death. And it's theorized that a few hundred years B.C. or B.C.E., that I, I don't, actually I don't remember exactly when, but uh, uh, Jewish culture was influenced by Zoroastrianism, mm-hmm. and Zoroastrianism was one of the only other ancient Near Eastern monotheistic culture uh, religions yeah but they and they taught about fire forever fire flame punishment mm-hmm. i think and judaism around a little bit before the jesus time so the reason i point that out is not during the times that the old testament were written mm-hmm. after they would have been written before the new testament would have been when some jewish cultures mm-hmm started to adopt the Zoroastrian mm-hmm. fire flame story. Yeah. So the early Christians were Jewish that maybe had adopted the flame story from the Zoroastrians mm-hmm. and it became the perfect fear tactic. Yeah. To for money believing to certain people who already had money's pockets. To, it's like you have to believe in this and if you don't, then we've got the biggest fear to hold over you there is. Yeah, and eventually it was like, you know what? You do have this to fear, but if you give me enough money... <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. That was part of some parts of it. I don't think that's not but, all of it. You know, right? that was like um, one of the reasons like Martin Luther was so yeah. upset. One yeah, that's of the horrible. 99. <laughs> yeah, and now it does, it's not... That's more of like in some early Catholic tradition that he was challenging. Mm-hmm. And now, kind of in modern Protestantism, you can't actually, you can't buy your way into heaven or out of hell, but just in case. (laughs) You can't, it's not literally, they would never hold that kind of power, but it's subtly still there. Yeah. Like, you better do this. Mm -hmm. What? You do the 10% before taxes. Why? Because God says so. Okay, what if I don't? I don't know. Not saying that you're going to hell. But be careful, just in case. It's like just in case. It's it's <laughs> like. Do, have you seen any of uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know the thing where he has a gun and he's like, uh, but she's not gonna say no because of the implication. <laughs> right, right. It's like the implication. <laughs> yeah, you know, like we're on a boat in the middle of nowhere, two of us, one of her. Like, it's like, right, right. <laughs> it's like, the implication that, and it's like. You know, give us money or what? Uh, you know, you don't have to give money, but like, 
know, we'll talk about hell. We'll talk about money. We're not talking about them together, but you put two and two together. You get it. You need to give me money. Uh, and if you don't, something will happen. Yeah. What's on my list of things I can do to you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, ouch. That's dark. Man, I'm running running low on battery here on the iPad here pretty soon. So I feel like this is... We got yeah. anything just a little tied up with a bow? Um um, under Buddhism, um, yeah, there's yeah. this idea that there are uh, many different paths to nirvana, uh, and like basically infinite. Like there, are, everyone has their own path, hmm. um, and within that, several different uh, sects of Buddhism have uh, come up with what they call carts, uh, and they do give it like a name, and then the cart. Uh, in English, it's like ox cart, diamond cart goat cart or whatever mm-hmm. um and they are different i'm totally not even in the shot this the one with both of us that's funny <laughs> <laughs> all right that's cool keep going it'll work out <laughs> it will um what was he saying uh, oh the many different yeah so the like buddha was very explicit when he was like there is no like one correct way to nirvana uh, but these groups were like, well, he did say that, but he didn't say there weren't faster ways. And look what I've come up with. <laughs> That's good. 